I've got three things to say to you today. And the first thing is that just know this and, and kind of put this in your knower, put it in your meditator and think about this from now on. But we are in a fight from here on out. We are in a fight from here on out. We've always been in a fight, but I'm telling you, we're in a fight from here on out. Wow, that sounds really bad. Not with flesh and blood, not with people, but we're in a fight with demon spirits that know they've already lost. The deal is they're banking on we're not, that we're not going to get it that we want. And that's where the fight is. And the fight is intensifying and it will continue to intensify. That's why that your word level and your spirit awareness level has to be very high. If it's not high, there's defeat. When Jesus has already won it. He's already won the battle. He's already delivered us. He's already liberated us. And he has a purpose and a plan in the earth for us to accomplish. I'm telling you, it's a great plan. That was the first thing I was telling you. Second thing is on the heels of what my wife said about reset. As we've both been studying it, looking at it, looking at it together, talking about what reset looks like. Um, in five different dictionaries that I, that I looked at, um, pretty much the first and really the only meaty definition of the word reset is to set again or differently. To set again or differently. And as I, the statement I have here, I've kind of compiled from different sentences that were using the word, but I compiled this statement about reset. It's important that you hear this. So to reset something, something had to stop. To reset something, something had to stop. And after it's stopped, it's reset, and many times it's reset in better condition to accomplish the desired results. Now, I'm just speaking, I'm just talking about us. When I say us, I'm talking about you all because you're a part of this body. If you're visitors today, you're a part here today. And I'm talking about us because of who we are, what we teach, and how the word has gone forth. And in any church body, there's a vision. But any good vision leaks. And it'll always be that way. And when I, when I mean that it leaks, a vision can start strong and it just it, there's times when it seems like it doesn't have the strength that it used to have. Why? Because vision has to evolve constantly. But one thing that never changes, and it's the cause. Yeah. 
And our cause is Christ. We're in this thing for the cause of Christ. Vision leaks, but cause never changes. And because we're word people, when this pandemic hit and things stopped, you know, in the natural, not coming here and those kind of things, we didn't stop. In fact, one of the things I said around my house all the time, you heard me in different messages, it's business as usual. We'll do whatever they ask us to do, you know. If you hadn't been washing your hands, this is a good lesson time, you know. You need to be washing your hands. Anyway, I'll just say. But, but it, was a, it, was, it was a great time when this thing hit to, to realize what you have inside of you. For me, it was business as usual. For most of you, it's the same thing. We're not rocked. It didn't rock our world. It disrupted it. Some things came to a halt and a stop in different ways, but it didn't change God. God didn't fall off the throne because of this. Did you hear me? And the cause of Christ has never changed, but through this, through anything, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear, fear no evil. Why? Because His Word and His Spirit, they comfort me and they strengthen me. So what happens is when you walk through something with the Word of God, you become better and more equipped to handle what God wants you to handle in the earth. And I promise you, we're better equipped today than we were in the middle of March. We reset. We hit the reset button, and we're better today than we were before, and we're getting better all the time. Amen? Vision is becoming more clear. When I say vision leaks, sometimes it needs to leak. Get some of the stuff that's not real. And keep embracing and developing and allowing the true vision of God to evolve in the vision of the house. That was the second thing I was telling. And today, Sandra mentioned about the message Wednesday night, and I just got to stay on it. 1 John 3, 8, that she mentioned a minute ago. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So the works of the devil are destroyed. They have no authority over your and my life. <clears throat> and he gave you and I the authority to enforce that defeat. Jesus gave mankind the authority to enforce that defeat. What I said to you, the first thing that I said to you is that we're in a fight and, and it's game on. There's all kinds of things going on, not just the pandemic, but riots and all the injustices and things that have, that have happened in the earth, over, I mean, it just in our, our nation over the last few weeks, and, 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 and injustices in a lot of different ways, but I'm telling you, people are not the problem. The devil is the problem. 
The devil and his demon forces are the problem. Now, as, as, I, as I preach this today, as I minister this, <coughs> I want you to ask yourself a couple of questions. When you hear the word devil or demons, does it make you uncomfortable? When you hear the word devil or demons, does that scare you? When you hear the word devil or demons, does, does it make you uncomfortable in some form or fashion? Well, I'd have to say with everybody at different times, it makes everybody uncomfortable. Why? Because most people don't understand devil and demons. I mean, if, if we took the time and, and had people put a mic down here and had people come across and, you know, t- tell me stories that you have experienced or that you know about regarding demons. And most of the stories that regard demons are scary stories. People freak out. People actually terrified by demons. When the Bible says that demons and devils are terrified of Jesus, they're terrified of him. What is our cause in the earth? Him. So if that's my cause, and that's the mantle that I've taken up, and that's what I'm developing on the inside of me, then demon spirits should be terrified of me. Oh my God, he's woke up again. I mean, they should be that way. Now, sometimes I think that we, we look as, at demon spirits, you know, that there, was, there was all types of demonic spirits that Jesus dealt with and cast out. All types. And, and I'm going to read one to you. Actually, I think I'm going to read it, and then I'll go back over what I'm talking about. I want to read this verse of Scripture. There's probably, uh, I'm probably going to stay on this for a while, and so you'll hear a number of these, but, but, but I, want you to look, I want you to listen to this verse. It's found in Luke chapter 11 and verse 14. And it says, and he, Jesus, was casting out a demon, and it, the demon, was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out that the mute person spoke, and the multitudes marveled. The demon was mute. The man was mute because of the mute demon. When the mute demon got off the man, the man wasn't mute. The problem in life is demon spirits. I wrote down a list of different demons that Jesus dealt with in the earth. And they're somewhere. I mean, I can think of uh, here. So, so he dealt with, he dealt with 
evil spirits, with unclean spirits, with that mute spirit there that was talked about. He dealt with lying spirits. He dealt with spirits of bondage. He dealt with spirits of fear. He dealt with spirits of sickness. He dealt with spirits of poverty. He dealt with everything. And I think in this country that because of our education and sophistication, demon spirits have gotten a hold of people and convinced them that they, they're not entertaining demons in their soul. If you're born again, there's no devil inside of you whatsoever. Jesus won't share his spirit and your spirit together. But in people's thinking, in your soul, if, if you're a liar, does that have to do with demons? If you're a habitual liar, does it have to do with demons? Why? Because you're listening to something and paying attention to something that's telling you to do something that is not of God. Well, you know, it's, I was just raised that way. You know, I was born like that. I was born a liar. No. Every human being on the planet was born in the image of God. Every human being born was born in the image of God. We were created in the image of God. Every human being, saved or unsaved. You are not born a liar. Demon forces work through situations and circumstances based on your upbringing and how, you know, the, the hand that you were dealt, convincing you that it's more real to lie than it is to tell the truth. And speaking things and, and, and talking to you about things, voices that you have in your head, those, those thoughts that we have that are not of God... Most of those thoughts are not, for, they're not your thoughts, they're thoughts that were brought to you and built inside of you, getting you to believe that that's the way you are, when God didn't make you that way. See, we have a whole society, a whole nation, a whole planet that deals with all these kinds of things, and you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, we, we live in the world of science today, we, we can figure all these things out and... You know, if there's some, something wrong in someone's body, it's because of this, that, and the other. And I'm not denying that. But you have, as I said Wednesday night, you've got two groups of people. You have people that, that don't believe that any devil or demons exist, and then you have people that find devils under every rock. I'm just saying that demonic influence affects our soul and creates strongholds in our thinking that we have to be set free of. And if we're not set free of, we won't be free of other things in our lives. Other people are not your problem. And some of you are sitting there right now thinking, well, I don't know about that demon stuff. Did you think that? If you're sitting there right now thinking you don't believe this kind of stuff, do you think you thought that? Or did something tell you that? Where would you get that thought from? I'm just telling you, <laughs> you're in my whole world is based on thoughts. 
And you're not held accountable for the thoughts you have. It's what you do with the thoughts. And the thoughts that I already have that aren't right, he's given me all of his word and his spirit to help me to renew my mind and empower me to overcome those negative thoughts that try to keep me in certain places of bondage and certain strongholds in my life to keep me from being free the way God created me to be. I promise you, he created you to be free. So I want you to look at a couple things in Scripture that I'm going to tell you in helping you to see how we accomplish this. When Jesus started with his disciples... Luke 9, 1, it says, Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority. Over what? Over what? Demons, over demon spirits, and to cure diseases. Now, this is just my opinion, okay? It says that right here. This is just my opinion. That most diseases are attached and connected to demon spirits. Well, Pastor, you're not a doctor. I'm just telling you what the Word says. I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit has revealed to me. Now, you got to break it down. Well, then I, then I won't go to the doctor. I'll just rebuke demon spirits. No. No. If you're just doing something because you heard someone say it and you have no revelation about it, you need to go to the doctor and get whatever you need and be studying the word and asking God to show you how to, how to navigate the journey that you're on in your life. That's the key. You see, we, 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 we're not doing away. Thank, everybody say, thank God for doctors. And for certain medicines. <clears throat> Not the ones on TV that tell you, take this for that disease you have, but you may bleed to death. <clears throat> Not those. Uh, I, I don't want those. Uh, I'm going to keep, <laughs> if, if in the natural I was keeping something, I'm going to keep what I have than having the 15 other things that come from the medication. Anyway. Yeah, I better shut up. Anyway. <clears throat> But I believe, I believe that the demonic world is attached to why people are sick. Now, have doctors not proven that heart attacks related to stress are the biggest killer in the country? Is that right? Am I, am I right? Everybody, not, not cancer, it's heart conditions because of stress. Isn't that right? People go to the grave too early because of the, those conditions. Why? Because of the demonic lies that people have lived with to live in fear, to be stressed out, you know, to not have the confidence to be able to overcome situations in life because they don't have any revelation of the word. And that's what the devil works overtime. You, you know me, I'm not a big preacher on the devil, right? I mean, you haven't, you, you, some of you are sitting there thinking, man, he's talking a lot about the devil today. But the, the Bible says, the Bible says, do not, be, do not be ignorant of his devices. And another verse in Ephesians says, give the devil no place. Give him no place. The devil and his demons, give them no place. And the only place that they can have any ability and power in your life is in your thinking. 
Otherwise, they're totally defeated. And what they're working overtime, and that's why it's a fight. I mean, things you see going on in our nation right now, things that are stirred up, I'm telling you, the devil and his demons are working overtime to convince people that there is no answer. I'm telling you that the way maker we sing about today, he's already made a way. He's already made a way for everything. We just have to tap into him. You say, well, you know, Pastor, what can one person do? And I've seen all through the scripture where one person changed whole, world, whole, 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 um, uh, whole nations at the time in scripture. One person obeying the word of God changed everything. Everything. That's what it takes. He gave them authority <clears throat> over demons, demon spirits, and to cure diseases. He gave them his authority. In the earth, there's all types of authority. There's civil authority, there's parental authority, there's authority in the business world, there's authority in the church world, there's all kinds of authority, but he gave them his authority in the earth. Jesus didn't come to, be, to the earth to become the son of God. He already was. He came to the earth to become the son of man in flesh and blood to relate to what we relate to and overcome all those things so that he could empower us and gave us the permission, he gave us the right to use the power and authority from heaven to navigate and operate in the earth. God's already done everything he's going to do. When you hear somebody or you say it, I'm telling you right now, if you say this, stop saying this. Stop saying that you're just waiting for God to do something. God's already done everything. Now, what God is waiting on is for us to get his plan and then implement his plan in the earth. That's what we're talking about today. There were 12. Next chapter over 10 and 1 says... <clears throat> And these things the Lord appointed to 70 others. What, what things? Authority over demons and to cure diseases. 70 others and sent them out two by two. Verse 17 says, then the 70 returned with joy. <laughs> they went out to, to deal with demons and, and to heal people with sick with sickness because of the anointing, the, the kind of the down payment that Jesus gave them of that anointing to operate it in the earth, and they came back with joy. Why? Because it works. <laughs> it works. If we'll work it his way, it works. It works. I, I, had, a, I had a lady just this week tell me, I've... I've for about 11 years, I think I've been there 10 out of the 11 years, but I go up to northern New Mexico to preach at, uh, at a camp meeting up there. And uh, I had a lady this week tell me, she said, uh, she said, you probably don't remember me, but six years ago when you were here, you preached and ministered on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And she said, and I mean, just standing there, she just has tears coming down her face. And she said, you know, that was the sweetest message I've ever heard. And it was so simple, and it wasn't threatening. 
And when you ministered the message and you prayed for me, all of a sudden I started praying in other tongues. That night in that service, there was probably, I don't know, 80 or 100 people in there, and probably close to half the people got baptized in the Holy Ghost that night. It was just one of those times. It was just one of those situations. She said, three weeks later, something attacked my body, and she said, they, took, they rushed me to, to, to the emergency room. They couldn't find anything. The next day, the same thing happened. They rushed me again. They couldn't find anything. Same thing happened again. They rushed me the third time, and they, I, I, I'm now blank with what she said that was the problem. And she said, the whole time, all I did was pray in other tongues. And she said, I came out of that thing, and I'm here today six years later. And she said, I know. Had you not ministered on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and given me that understanding of praying in other tongues, I would have died. Then you know what she told me? That's why this thing is so vital that we understand it. Then she turned around and there were three ladies in her car because everybody was in cars because of social distancing and everything. And she says, you see those three ladies in the car? They've all been baptized in the Holy Spirit because I was. My daughter has. My son-in-law has, and she just went on and on. And she said, you know, I just help people to understand this, how vital it is for their life. And she said, she said, God, as I was sitting there today, I was thinking, she said, I was thinking, what would have happened had I died and all these people wouldn't have gotten what they needed? That's the authority that we've been given. He gave us that authority to make the difference like that. You know, to affect people's lives. I mean, I, don't, I, I mean, how many things like that are out there of people that you've done things for that you don't even know? We have to keep pressing on. I thank God for little testimonies like that that, you know, they encourage you. But we need to press on no matter what. Because it's a fight and the devil wants us to give up. The devil wants us to throw in the towel. You know, this thing about not having church and not meeting together like this. I spent two Sundays in my shorts and drinking a cup of coffee on my back porch watching preaching on Sunday morning. And uh, that was cool, you know, and it was cool. Yeah, it was actually cool outside and birds were chirping and, oh, man. I was thinking, man, this is cool. But it's really not. Not really. How many times, whatever, do whatever you want. But it's not good for me. Because there's no sacrifice in it. There's no sacrifice to get here to come around and be connected to people. There's no sacrifice. Well, we can call them on the phone and we can do that. Yeah, but there's something about being together. And the enemy wants to shut that thing down even through this thing, like people thinking they don't want to come back. You do what you want. I'm just saying. The church is here. We're going to be here. We're going to connect with people. And it's vital that we come together and learn about the authority that we have in Christ. The title of my message today that I haven't even given you is that he's alive. Amen? What we're talking about right here, we have authority because he's alive. He said what he was going to do, he did it, he died, he rose again, and he's empowered us to accomplish in the earth what his desire is. We're about the cause of Christ. We're about his vision and his plan and his purpose in the earth for mankind. And I'm telling you, 
it's game on, fight is on. It's on. But I'm telling you what, we were created for this. I want to remind you again, people are not our problem. But you know what? Little lion demon spirits will come to your mind and try to tell you they are. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know. You don't know what this guy did. And that wasn't covered under the blood? Yeah, but you know, that person knew exactly what they're doing. Not really. No, they're actually somewhat dumber than you. Because <laughs> if they really knew what they were doing, they wouldn't do it. Huh? I'm telling you what, folks, it's just getting good to be alive and be a part of the body of Christ. It's just now getting good. Just now. So the 70 got it, and this is what he told them again. Well, in a little bit better way. Verse 19, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions which are the demon spirits, and over all the power of the enemy, all the power of the enemy, all the power of the enemy. I heard uh, somebody teach this one time. I can't remember who, maybe, I don't know who it was. So, somebody taught this. So this, you know, there's a lot of things that originated from me, but not this. No. I just, man, I feel really funny today. <clears throat> I feel like really laughing. Anyway. I heard this person say that, that he knew a guy that studied the word all, and he studied it for like two or three weeks. And I mean, looked at, you know, the Greek, the Hebrew, the Latin, the everything, you know, just trying to really figure out that word all, what the word all mean, meant. And after all of his dissection and everything, he came up with the fact that all means all. <laughs> I think that's a good, it was the right time to say that in this verse. Over all, how much is all? Everything. Over all the power of the enemy of demon spirits and nothing will hurt you or harm you. Man, what a benefit of walking in that authority. What an amazing benefit of walking in that authority. Now, I'm going to give you something today that if you let it, it'll transform your life, a statement. If you've got your phone in your notes or you don't, have, you don't do notes in your, in, in your whatever, in a moment, you need to write this down. Write it on paper or whatever you got to do. But you need to write this down and you need to meditate on it for a long time. And it comes out of, and I read this on, I read this on Wednesday night, but I didn't give you this. And it's in James 4 and verse 7. <clears throat> and it says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will and he will flee from you. One translation says he'll run in terror from you. And this is what I want you to write down about that, about submitting and resisting. 
I want you to write this down. When you give God his rightful place over you, when you give God his rightful place over you, and see, that's even hard for somebody. No, 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 God has his place over me. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. He died for you, he set it all up, he's given us the plan and everything else. But you have to give him that place by submitting to him. When you give God his rightful place over you, then you can take your place over the devil. When you give God his rightful place over you, then you can take your place over the devil. Jesus was constantly tempted by the enemy with all kinds of things. And in the beginning of his earthly ministry, he was tempted by the devil after he had been 40 days in the wilderness and he came out of that and the enemy tempted him with things that, you know, that he was trying to entice him and getting him, trying to get him to yield to him. But the way that Jesus resisted the devil was with the Word of God. So if you're in a place and you're being tempted and the devil's lying to you and telling you that, well, this, this temptation is because of you, you did this and you said all this, all, all those things are lies. Maybe you may, you've made a choice to get yourself into a place of being tempted, but I'm just saying one, one of the greatest things that's helped me in my life is to realize that a lot of the stuff and the baggage I brought into my salvation 44 years ago, I had no idea how deep all that mess was because of what I, what I acquired from the time of conception till the time I was about 18 years old when I got saved. Man, I had a boatload of, I don't know a better word to use, but I had a boatload of crap that I had acquired for 18 years that didn't go away the day I got saved. And that's what the devil uses against us constantly. If you were told that you're a loser when you're, when you're a little guy, somebody told you you'd never amount to anything in your life, then you get born again at a certain age, no, you're, you're, you're carrying into your salvation that loser mentality because of what's in your soul. What God reveals to us through the word is we don't have to keep that loser mentality. We can be set free of that. But we don't allow the process to take place and we don't learn to take this authority that God has given us and learn to give God his rightful place by submitting to him. When Jesus was tempted by the devil and the devil tempted him with food and he said, what did he say? He yell and scream at him and say, I bind you in Jesus, I bind you in my name. No. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He resisted him by replacing the temptation with the word of God. 
That's how you deal with these type of thoughts. I mean, you know, think about the temptations that, he, that, he, that Jesus experienced. Would have been, was it wrong for him to take what he was trying to give him? I mean, he had been 40 days and hadn't eaten. I'm telling you, the man was hungry. But it's all about what God was saying to him. Jesus said, I don't come here to do what I need for myself. I, come here to, I came to this earth to do the will of my Father. And that's the key. That's what the Word shows us is what the will of the Father is for us in everything that we do. I don't care what it is. So when I'm sub- learning to submit to God through His Word, and I'm giving Him that place in my life, then I begin to see the authority that I have over the devil, and the devil has no place in me. Why? Because now I'm not yielding to his temptations or his fears or his thoughts or his lies, because now I'm exposing those because I'm seeing through the Word what all this stuff has been, and then I'm able to say, and I've said this many times through my years and my walk, no, you generational spirit of lying, I cast you down, and I tell you now you have no right and authority in my life. Where did that come from? The Holy Spirit revealing to me that I was making decisions in life based on fear, being afraid of something, instead of making decisions based on faith and trust and confidence in God, but it had to be developed. You're not going to just do that. You're hearing me preach this message today. Number one, you've got to take what you're hearing and go make sure that you believe that it's true. But if you believe it's true, then you've got to learn to apply it every day in situations that pop up and arise where the enemy's lying to you and telling you something, and you're going, you know what, wait, 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 wait. I mean, just from this word right here, there can be some things in your life be exposed like that. Because if, you're, if you've embraced the Word and you've taken the Word of God, you can make a choice to make a turn in, in, immediately in something in your life. But maybe you haven't. Maybe you haven't heard much of, it, of what I'm saying right here and it really doesn't make... You've got to spend time in that. And the more time you spend, the more authority that you begin to have. Why? Because you're yielding to the Spirit of God and not yielding to these false spirits, lying to you and telling you things that are not true. And many of you, us, at different times in our lives, we've been lied to for years. Lied to for years. The day I got, the day I made a decision to want to get born again. I was listening to a guy named Charles Capps, 1977, at Elephant Butte Lake at a, at a youth conference. And here this guy walks out on the platform and he's got a crew cut top and I'm thinking, holy moly, I gotta get out of here. I was looking for the exit doors when I saw this guy walk out. I'm thinking, I came up there, you know, just because somebody invited me and I'm thinking, man. I thought this was a you thing. Who's this guy? Gray hair. And, and I'm thinking, didn't relate to me. And when that thing was over with, I came out of that meeting realizing I've been lied to. <laughs> I didn't know anything about God. I mean, I didn't know nothing about God. And when I came out of that meeting, all I knew is 
At 18 years old, I've been lied to all my life. Nobody had ever told me the truth. And it started my journey. Not too long after that, I got born again. And it started my journey to know who God really is. It's one thing to be born again, but it's another thing to know him and know what I have a right to and be able to operate in that, not in pride, but because I've submitted to him. And so when I resist the devil, he flees. But how did Jesus resist the devil? By what he spoke from the word of God. And the devil flees. Every single time. Amen? You know what? When you know who you are and you're operating in that authority, the devil will run from you. He will run in terror from you. Because what you're operating in is the thing that terrifies him. It's the anointing of Jesus. It's who Jesus is. He's terrified of him. And when I bathe myself and I, I, I immerse myself in that revelation, the devil runs in terror. Nothing shall by any means hurt or harm you because we've embraced that authority that he's given us. Can you say amen to that? I'm going to read one more passage, but I'm going to tell you this story, just just these couple of examples. Um, I've I've spent, my wife will tell you that I've spent a lot of, years studying about Adolf Hitler because I wanted to understand how somebody that I mean anybody that would wear a skinny little mustache like that <laughs> if you wear one like that I'm sorry anyway but 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 I mean he was not an impressive man. He wasn't somebody that was like head and shoulders and all this and everything and something. And, you know, he wasn't, I mean, he was intelligent in certain things, but very ignorant in other things. He just wasn't that impressive. And just, it just got me. And I've just studied the guy's life. And, you know, it's kind of like that guy that studied about the word all. As I've studied his life, this is what I realized. He was under the influence of demonic spirits that controlled his life to where one human being could convince other human beings to submit to an influence that destroyed different races of people and do things that most people on the planet wouldn't do to an animal. If you haven't been to the Holocaust Museum in Israel, I've been there. I mean, I stand up, I I, I can't, I mean, if I stop and I, I can't think about it. What happened to those people? I mean, I, I'm, I thought I knew, and, and I, I couldn't even go half, through half of the museum because of what I saw, the destruction that that man leveled on that nation of people. I, I mean, it just, it just, it's beyond. But he was under the influence. 
And then there's, you know, there's another person that I think of that just in the natural, good person, nice guy, you know, I mean, he's kind of a father figure, fatherly figure, and you, you feel that way. He's not alive anymore, but when he was alive. But he wasn't necessarily head and shoulders above everybody else. But Billy Graham was under the influence of the spirit of the living God. And millions of people got saved. I'm standing up here today indirectly as a product of my mother giving her heart to Jesus in 1953 in Albuquerque, New Mexico to Billy Graham Crusade. And I know that I'm born again because of that. She didn't live for God for a lot of years after that because the world couldn't give her understanding of what I'm talking to you about today, about how real God was. The church world didn't really have that understanding. It was more about religion than anything else. And she didn't serve God much until the last years of her life. And she and I developed a really strong relationship. And I helped her to rededicate her life to the Lord uh, on my front porch. And it was an amazing thing. But, but Billy Graham, you know, when you see the man or you hear him talk, I mean, he, he's not, I mean, if you're going to take somebody that was going to save millions of people, there may be a more, like, charismatic person or whatever. I mean, he talked well, but he wasn't head and shoulders above everybody else. But he was under the influence of the person of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's, a, that's probably the two best examples that I can give you today of the influence of demonic spirits and what that can produce and the influence of the Holy Spirit and what that can produce. When Jesus came to the earth, he said this in John 14, and I'll finish with this. John 14, 12, he said, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. What does it take to get to that point? Learning to submit to God, learning to give God his rightful place in your life so that you have that rightful place over the devil. And when we individually get that, it makes the rest of the church strong and the devil continues to live in his ultimate defeat now. Not when he's thrown in the pit now. So he's defeated in every one of your lives, in my life, and we move forward. And I'm telling you, the body of Christ around the world, I believe, is catching hold of revelations like this to new levels than what we've ever seen. As we're resetting, we're stepping into a place and a time of authority in God where demon spirits cannot lie to us anymore can't deceive us anymore, and we give them no place, we resist them, and when we do, they flee. 
They run in terror from us. Why? Because we're absolutely bathed in our submission to God and His way of doing things. I'm just going to say this to you. The fight is on. And you can acknowledge that. You can know that that's true. But the fight is on for you and I not to be moved by flesh and blood. If that's the will of the Father, then we have to submit to that. And every time, every opportunity you have to be moved by something that somebody does, you learn by, through the power of the Word and the Holy Spirit revealing it to you, you learn to resist the temptation to give in to what people do. I promise you, no matter how it looks, I'm not talking about ultimate cases of somebody being abused or something like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in any given situation where people are ugly, they handle you wrong, they say things in, in ugly ways or whatever it is. That you don't submit to that and that you look to the Word and begin to apply the Word in that given situation. And as you're applying the Word, you're resisting the devil and the thoughts that have come to your mind. And then the Holy Spirit can tell you what the truth is about the situation. And the truth will set you free. And that's what I'm leaving you.